0: For today, show producer Ronnie Black, track reporter and racing insider Nelson Crozier, former NASCAR team manager and author Greg Moore. Now, here's your host for Start Your Engines,
1: racing historian and author Perry Allen Wood. Good morning, and welcome to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg, 1400 AM, and on FM 83, 98.3. There you go. Lead out the point, though. It's 98.3. It. Good morning, Cole. Good morning. Glad to be here one more show. Uh, Cole Bryson here instead of Ronnie Black, who... Uh, pushing the buttons. Pushing the buttons. Ronnie's got another obligation this morning, so we're glad to have Cole. Last time I saw him, he was uh, doing the show from a boat. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) In a parking lot. Yep, that's right. That was a good show last week. Had a lot of fun up there. That was. And there's Greg Moore. How you doing this
2: morning, Greg? Well, I'd be doing a whole lot better if I could uh, stay standing on my feet when I go to wipe the wheels off on my cars. uh, But other than that, I had a little tumble doing that. I didn't hit my head. Of course, that's probably the less part that could hurt, but... uh, well, you're kinda of lucky because your driveway
1: is like a forty five degree angle hill and you could have wound up out in the middle of Maple Street. Uh, but by, by, yep. by the time you stop rolling. Yeah, that, that could have happened, but I'm l- glad you're okay. Luckily luck, luckily it didn't. Luckily it didn't. <laughs> well, I tell you what, Greg um Greg usually lines up our our uh, NASCAR legend, our racing legend, and uh, he couldn't find anybody this week, so he had to settle for <laughs> Kale Yarborough. <laughs> And uh, actually, we're proud to get Kale on the show. You know, he doesn't do too many interviews. He doesn't. He, he does, really don't. He does very few. But uh, Kale, I mean, uh, Greg had no problem whatsoever lining him up for uh, for the show. And we'll have him on in the second segment about 20 after. So uh, looking forward to that. Looking forward to talking to one of the all-time greats, Kale Yarborough. And uh, last week... Kyle Busch kept the ball rolling, Greg. He uh, won his third straight race, and it's—I'd uh, say—they're kind of hitting their stride right now. Yeah,
2: and Kyle Busch—he uh, has just consistently been a very aggressive driver. I think sometimes maybe he starts his car a little bit too on a loose side. I don't know. Uh, heck, they may have to detune him a little bit so he don't blow the motor because those, those those heavy foots. Are, uh, sometimes, you know, blow motors easily, but I, I don't think that's the case. But he, he's just a consistently a very aggressive, good driver. And and that's what people pay to see. And I love to see people like him out there, him and Harvick and him guys, put the pedal to the metal. Well, that's the kind of driver Bud Moore liked anyway, right? They had, to, they had to have
1: a heavy right foot. I remember Bud, all those times we used to eat out at the Peach Blossoms, uh i think i can safely say that kyle bush i I believe was his favorite if he could have picked the driver from today's bunch he'd have picked kyle bush because uh i heard him say more than once and i at the time didn't like kyle bush very much because it was uh a lot earlier in his career and he was doing things like smashing guitars that they were giving him as presents, and you know saying a lot of stuff and uh doing a lot of things I didn't care for, like getting caught for speeding, uh, what was it, 128 miles an hour in a school yeah. zone or something? <laughs> yeah. He, <got> <laughs> he was testing out that he Porsche or something. But uh, but I remember specifically Bud Moore saying, yeah, he's, a, he's the best
2: one out there. And you're correct. And uh, I think at the same time, I'm thinking, in that era and everything, he probably would have got that same response out of David Pearson. Yeah. Because being, I being know you- Bud and David and uh, Kyle's, sat down and talked for at least an hour or so back into eleven when they, we were going through the, you know, the Hall of Fame thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's just, you got to have that heavy foot, get on with it. Attitude. He's got to have that attitude, too. He uh,
1: edged out Chase Elliott, who actually I picked last week. You know, I think they've had a... Well, they've had nine nine races so far this year, and between the four of us, Ronnie or whoever I guess Picker has been, like it'll be cold this week, we've only picked the winner twice. (laughs) And that was like in the first three races, first three or four races. So we're not doing too good as far as picking uh, our picks, our winners. But uh, yeah, last week it was Kyle Busch, Chase Elliott, Denny Hamlin, Joey Logano, and Kevin Harvick. Jimmy Johnson, he finished sixth, so he's, he's... stirring a little bit. Yeah, he's stirring up a little bit. But um, your point standings as it stands right now, Kyle Busch is actually you know, it's kind of, it's hard to catch up because you don't you know, you don't get like 10 points or something more than the second place guy or whatever and with those three wins in a row, Kyle Busch has opened up a 56 point lead over Joey Logano, so uh, Mm. he's already making himself a comfortable little margin there for uh, to win another championship.
2: That's right.
1: And also, last week we had the Indy cars ran at Alabama, a beautiful racetrack in Birmingham and uh, outside of Birmingham, and they uh, tried to run that thing last Sunday, Greg, in a downpour. I mean, it wasn't just drizzling; it was pouring, and they uh, had those rain tires on. And I, you know, if you ever saw the movie Rush about um, about the Grand Prix between. Uh, Season in nineteen seventy six between Nikki Lauda and James Hunt. That last race they ran at Japan, it was pouring down rain, and it almost looked phony. But they really ran it. Yep. Well, last Sunday, at Alabama it was the same thing. I mean, it was pouring, and they tried to run the thing. And they Penske tore up a car right off the bat uh, when it hydroplaned, even with the, even with the rain tires on. And uh, so they stopped it after twenty three of ninety laps and ran it. Sunday morning, uh, Monday morning, and the winner was Joseph Newgarden who drives for Penske. Ryan Hunter Ray was second. James Hinchcliffe was third. The rookie Robert, uh, Robert Wickens was fourth, and the Frenchman Sebastian Bourdais was fifth. And the IndyCar point standings now are Newgarden, Alexander Rossi, a second, Bourdais, Graham Ray Hall, and Hinchcliffe. And you know, Tuesday's the month of May begins, and, uh, the month of May means Indianapolis, which is coming up real soon. And not only do they run the 500 on Memorial Day, they've got the road course race. They run a couple of weeks
2: before that. Yeah, things are going to start getting real busy. Real busy. And uh, hopefully we're going to get a chance to talk to one of the those guys that either are presently driving or formerly drove one of them. And uh, Indianapolis is something else. You know, Perry's went up there many a times. And... uh Told me about it years and years before we got to go up there, and uh, you walk in that place, you you know you you know you're in a different world. You do. It's almost like you go into another dimension of racing, and, and that's no joke. But it's a fantastic show, and uh, now with every conclusion that they're going to have a a full field. I mean, it looks
1: be, like they got enough to bump. It it they got like, enough to bump. It looks like they've got like thirty five. Um, of course, they take the fastest 33, but it looks like they've got right now 35 or 6, yeah, which they haven't had in several years. years. So Sunday, between 5 and 6 on that last day of qualifying, um, that's when it really gets interesting well, when people Matt try Perry, to squeeze man, in.
2: Man, you talk about that time and time again. The bump day at Indy is one of the most exciting days outside a race or something in motorsport. It used to be great. I mean.
1: So oh. well, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. And um, yesterday they ran uh, changing gears, so to speak. Uh, they ran the ARCA race yesterday about five or six o'clock at Talladega. And uh, unfortunately, our man up in Inman, James Hilton, had a pretty rough day. He uh, started last Finished last and completed no laps, so I'm not exactly sure what the problem was there. But it sounds like uh, sounds like he never got it cranked up. I mean, that's uh, you know that's about as bad as you can do.
2: Now, now that you brought it up here and we're thinking a little bit more about it, uh, I did watch most of that race and I watched the start. And uh, one of the announcers somewhere said, said, "Well, we got one car that that didn't start." Okay. And he didn't say who it was or whatever, so apparently that was James, and I hate it for it. Uh, well, it was James's car, and then Brad Smith is his driver. Yeah, and they, did, they didn't say who. They said they had one that didn't, didn't start. But uh, one of the things I thought was uh, pretty interesting is the fact that uh, Jim France uh, and his associates, however they done it, it didn't say they bought it. They uh, obtained it. Or or whatever the word is anyway. They they bought it, but they got the Arca series now. Which Arca and NASCAR has always been big buddies, and I don't know what to have in mind with it. But Jim France, he he's pretty he's pretty observant about keeping up with the times and some different things. Didn't didn't he? He's already owns that IMSA series or something, don't
1: he? I think he does, and I don't. Um, I don't know too much about that, but I do know that. Uh now, back in the 60s and maybe even in the 70s and a little later, the ARCA cars and the Winston Cup cars, as they were called back then, were pretty much interchangeable. But I'm pretty sure they're
2: not even close to interchangeable these days. I think what they did, they used to relate uh, an ARCA car with with, with with like a Cup car uh, two years older. Mm-hmm. Then I think what they done is they they swapped the foaming around and they got them to where they, they related to, to to the uh Xfinity cars two years older. So so yeah, it's not exactly the, the the way they had it, but they're all still pretty close. I don't know what all they qualified or or how they run, but the like is out there drafting doing pretty good. Yeah. Well, While we were talking about ARCA, I should mention that the results of that
1: race, uh, Zane Smith won it, and he is the point leader in ARCA, and um, they uh, don't have another race for a couple of weeks, so uh, the ARCA cars and Jim France have married up, and we'll see what kind of changes they make. I bet it gets better. Well, I, I think it probably will, and also... They qualify at Talladega today at 1 o'clock. The Xfinity cars qualify at 11. So we can talk to Nelson about that in a little bit. But, Greg, they are flying. Um, Jamie McMurray had the fastest practice speed. Cole, get this, 203.975 miles an hour. That's just about 204. And that's not on the end of the straightaway. That's the average. That's the whole lap. That's the whole lap. So uh, they are hauling the mail at Talladega. And that'll be something to see. I mean, you know, and you get, they, they go even faster
2: drafting, so. You got to let them run. You got, they got to have speed. Well, I you, mean, absolutely. You take the speed away. If you take, as Junior Johnson once said, you know, of course, we want, uh, we always want the best, in which NASCAR has done fantastic, you know, on safety features and this type of stuff and making sure you got. Catch fences where cars can't get up in the grandstand or a part of a car or whatever. But uh, as Junior always said, he said, if you take uh, if you take the speed, the thrill, the danger, and that kind of stuff out of it, it's not racing. You're not doing anything. And and it's just that simple. Yeah. Well, the first 20 cars broke 200.
1: Uh, in fact, the 20th car was uh, Chase Elliott. And he had a practice speed of uh, 201.498, so let's call it 201 and a half and the 21st fastest car was Casey Kane and he was like almost 199 so you got 20 cars doing over 200 miles an hour um, I mean that's uh, I Talladega the fastest track in the world
2: and uh, they ought let, they ought to let them go they're I know uh, they supposed to be running over 200 they supposed to be I'm not gonna say you need to be running 245 but I mean they need to be running Two hundred five, two hundred ten. Yeah, well, they are, and it makes for a better race.
1: Uh, yep. And uh, we're going to talk to a guy here in about a, three or four minutes that can tell us all about running fast. I don't know anybody that consistently ran faster than Kale Yarborough, and we're going to talk to him when we get right back from uh, this break. You are listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. <laughs>
3: Steve and Jerry here from the world famous Beacon Drive In in Spartanburg. The Beacon has served over 300 menu selections of burgers, barbecue, chicken, fish, and more for over 70 years. Jerry, what's been the most popular? Chili
2: cheese. Hey Planty, I need I I flounder, cheeseburger like a burger, make it cry. Give me a bacon with no trim. <laughs> Had a feeling you'd
3: say that. Join Steve and Jerry at the world famous Beacon Drive In, no John D. White Senior Boulevard firm, in Spartanburg. Hey Planty. Speedy Lube and in Inman says to save time is to lengthen life for you and your car. Let Speedy Lube Asheville Highway and in Inman lengthen the life and performance of your vehicle. Speedy Lube offers professional ASC certified mechanical time and that means it's time for the kids to go to camp and the Spartanburg County Historical Association is offering several one day fun and educational camps for boys and girls this season starting at just $35. SCHA is offering two American girl camps open to girls ages 7 to 14 as well as in your backyard, an archaeological camp learning from what our ancestors left behind. And new this year, a photography camp centered around capturing the history of Spartanburg's backcountry. For more information and to register your child, visit SpartanburgHistory.org. Dan Patrick. I'm looking for my fix of the Dan Patrick Show on the
0: radio. This man, hello! is Dan Patrick.
3: I'm one of the best three-point shooting
0: talking heads. And you know when it comes to the biggest guests in Spartanburg sports. Former South Carolina head coach Steve Spurrier. and Patrick. Weekdays at 9 on Spartanburg's Fox Sports 1400. Now on FM at 98.3. It's the call nobody wants to make. Your home or business has water or fire damage or mold. Let Service Master of the Upstate make that call a little easier. Service Master of the Upstate restores homes and businesses alike. If you've been hit with mold or fire or water damage, call today at 582 3451. Service Master of the Upstate also cleans carpets, rugs, and hard surface flooring. Make that call a little easier. Call Dyer and Amanda Jennings at Service Master of the Upstate. 582 3451. 582 3451.
3: Mauricio and his staff at La Paz Mexican Restaurant in Boiling Springs say come on in for lunch or dinner. La Paz offers authentic Mexican fare seven days a week. Want a quick and inexpensive weekday lunch? La Paz lunch specials start at just four fifty. Mauricio invites you to try La Paz local favorites including their Pollo Loco, Texas Fajitas, and the Speedy Gonzalez, all while enjoying the best margarita specials in town for just $3.50. Tell Mauricio Fox Sports 1400 sent you to La Paz Mexican Restaurant Highway 9 in Boiling Springs. <laughs> Sure, you can buy steaks, chops, and other cuts of meat a lot of places, often cut hours or even days early. But if you want your next great steak, wild game, pork, or other cut of meat perfectly marbled and aged between 40 and 70 days, then Tate Meatworks is the place for you. Tate's offers Angus, Prime, and other heritage breed cuts so meticulously aged, you can't screw it up unless you burn it. For your next melt-in-your-mouth steak, visit Tate Meatworks, 435 East Main Street near downtown Spartanburg. Hey, this is Ryan Clary. Catch the Spartanburg Vikings every Friday night this fall on the home of the Vikings, Fox Sports 1400, now on FM at
4: 98.3. Welcome
3: back
1: to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. And I'm telling you, we have got, as far as I'm concerned, the most exciting driver they raced back during the most exciting time as far as I'm concerned. Uh, I think the I think the 70s and, and early 80s were just the, the wheelhouse of stock car racing for me, maybe because I was a young man in my 20s. But uh, I tell you what, we couldn't have a better representative to talk about it than Hall of Famer and all-time great Kale Yarborough. How you doing this morning, kale I'm
4: doing great, fellas. How about y'all?
1: We're doing real good,
2: and thank you so much for coming on the show.
4: Yeah, boy.
2: Yeah. Well, like I say, we can't thank you enough, but we were just sitting here thinking about the different things over the years. Uh, like me and you were talking about uh, several days ago, you know, NASCAR has got some issues that they definitely need to, to work on rule-wise and uh, just a lot of things. But uh, I don't know what it's going to take us to get back to the days that, like what Barry's referring to and me referring to. But uh, sounds me like we gotta do we gotta do something, the, the something, or, or no? We don't have to do it. NASCAR needs to do something. <laughs> yeah, you're exactly right. Let
4: me tell you, uh, let me tell you something. Uh, uh, NASCAR racing is, is still the greatest sport in the world. But something has got to be done to start people, uh, putting people back in the grandstands and, uh, and and watching on TV and listening on the radio. It's uh, Something's got to be done, and what? I don't know.
2: I wish I could help them, but uh, something needs to be done quick. That's right. That's right. And it's, it's like we were discussing. Um, you know, NASCAR built that wonderful Hall of Fame. Uh, this multi-million-dollar deal, and it's a super neat thing. Yeah. And 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 they've got the the big wheels like you and. Pearson and Petty in it already, and, and that's the way it's supposed to be, and it's a growing identity, and uh, they say, like, that thing is really caught on. But uh, they got to just do, I know that the TV can support it so much, but uh, they're going to have to get to where they got some more people actually sitting there seeing it live. I mean, but uh, what the answers to that are, I don't know exactly.
4: But, uh, I don't. I wish I had the answer and could help them, but I don't have the answer. I don't know. I don't know what it's going to take to put people back in the grandstands. Uh, the, the racing is nothing like it used to be. You know that. It's uh, if man gets out front, it's, it's hard to pass, and there's just no side by side. the rubbing racing anymore, and that's and that's what it's going to take to get the excitement back in this sport.
1: I tell you what, they need is a couple of Cal Yarboroughs out there. <laughs> well, I'd help a lot. They would help a whole lot. Cal, I want to ask you a question. I'm, I'm the, the historian on the show. Well, we all are, actually. Greg, actually, uh, probably more of a historian than I am. But we talk about you, and we had you on last year. And I know um, we discussed a lot of things, and I'm trying not to cover the same ground twice, but. You drove uh, some, some really legendary cars, especially the ones for Junior Johnson when you won three championships in a row. But I want you to tell me a story or us, our listening audience, uh, about Herman Beam. Because as far as <laughs> for my money, I mean, I, I had followed you and I knew you were one of the young stars and everything. But it seemed like when you got in Herman's car, that number 19 Ford, it was really, I would consider, might have been your first big break.
4: Yeah, no, no doubt about it. Um, Herman had had decided that uh, you know he he wasn't gonna drive anymore, and uh, he, he he wanted to be a car owner, and uh, so he he came to me and talked to me about it, and I knew he didn't have one of the best cars uh, out there, but it was better than what I had. So uh, we we made a deal, and and I started driving for Herman. <laughs> Sometimes he would give. Uh, he get a little upset cause uh I maybe uh, drove a little too hard sometime and bent up some of his fenders, but uh but we had a good relationship and that uh that that was one of my big breaks in racing.
1: I know that Herman's cars always looked good and they they usually didn't have a scratch on them. If if, <laughs> if nothing else, he brought a car to the track that uh, it looked like it was to put it one way uh right off the showroom floor. He had a good looking clean car
4: he did he had a good looking clean car and even when he drove it when the race was over it was still clean <laughs> <laughs> it was when well, he, he was, drove it he, yeah <laughs> the way he drove it yeah but uh he, he, he'd get a little upset with me when i drove it too hard but uh but we had a good time together
1: you know i i remember uh greg will remember this i'm sure uh, he, the big thing back in when i was a kid was uh, who would finish ahead of the other one, Fireball Roberts or Herman Beam? And more often than not, it was Herman. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I never thought about that, but you are exactly
2: right. <laughs> you know, that, that is right. Yeah. That is right because the yeah. way it was, uh, Smokey set the car up, and, you know, he was an engine man. All he yeah. wanted to do was, was horsepower. Yeah, And he knew a lot about the chassis, and you put Fireball behind the wheel, and he was just, he was going to go to the front, stay at the front. Till it blowed up. That's right. And, and that's about what it, what it amounted to. But uh, Herman was down on the apron doing everything but blowing up. But, yeah, yeah, but he,
1: he, he, he was running.
2: But he was yeah. running. And but, he'd be there when it was over, too. That's exactly that's, the point. That's <laughs> right. But I tell you that the instant that uh, it always it always was a sore point with me. And uh, I don't know what people were thinking at that time, but it was down at Darlington in '65. And Kale had, especially Kale had the best car down there at week. He needed wings. I know, I know that. I'm getting to that. But the thing <laughs> is, and you know, he was in Banjo's car, and that was what had the whole bunch Moody's motors and all that stuff. And uh, you know, one of the slower cars, I may mean, not the slowest car, but a car that was by, in no means, uh, the caliber of, of Kale and Banjo and everything. And he was just way too slow to have been out front anyway. And they go down in the corner, and where he should have drifted up and gave Kale room or whatever, he just tried to hold it down or pinch it down. I can't remember why I was looking at it. Well, With you're talking about right. Sam McQuag. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that, that 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 shouldn't have happened because uh, he ought to know Kale was a whole lot faster. Just <laughs> let Kale go by. Instead, Kale never even touched the guardrail and goes over the rail and— uh, yeah. Dude, that's one of, them. I think that thing's been showed just about as much as uh, the seventy nine wreck. And you I'll know, tell you, that's that's a long ways down on the other side of that bank. <laughs> I know it. <laughs> I know it. And and the thing is, is uh that that very easily cost you a, a Southern five hundred win. Yep. But uh, well,
1: speaking of that, Cal, I mean, uh, and, and nobody, I mean, nobody wants to see a driver get hurt, let let alone. Uh, killed or anything like that, but no. there are so many safety features on the cars today, and a lot of it is it proact- was proactively put on there by NASCAR, and a lot of it was a- reactive to things like the Earnhardt accident, but how in the world if you look at the, that, the car that Greg's talking about, like Banjo 65 Ford, yeah. honestly, there, other than a seatbelt and a roll bar, there, there wasn't a whole lot of safety features there. I mean, you were sitting in there and, uh, no neck restraint, no wind and net, no fence to keep you in the track. you just went out and in, out into yeah. the parking lot I mean how much I, uh, I, it it was acceptable back in those days for, for people to get injured. It was just a part of the game and and I mean, how did it feel going out there doing that every week
4: well you know we 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 didn't know any difference all right we we didn't have all that stuff did they have today and uh i' I'm just be honest with you. Thinking about it and looking back, how in the world any of us lived, I don't know. And the spectators, too. I mean, what? Yes.
1: It's, just, it's amazing.
4: Yeah.
1: Uh, that's, a good, that's a good question. And, and, you know, I think, and I won't get on a soapbox here because I want to take Kale to talk, but that might be part of the problem with racing today. And I, they're not going to back up on safety, but, you know, just the absolute fearlessness of, of the drivers back in those days. Uh, I just don't feel that today with with the way it is. But, Kel, I want to ask you something now. I hope you remember this. If not, we'll move on. In June of 1964, they ran a race here. Joe Littlejohn had a race at the Spartanburg Fairgrounds uh, when Billy Wade and Ned Jarrett got into it. And you were in the race. In fact, you finished eighth driving... uh, uh, that zero six 6 car that you ended up winning with later on in the summer. Do you remember that race? Because to me, that was one of the greatest races I've ever seen.
4: Yeah, I, I remember. The, I don't remember all the details, but I remember being there. Yeah. Yeah, I was driving uh, uh Red, Red Milo's uh, car. Right. He, he was my crew chief at the time.
1: And, and uh, no, I... I, I brought it up last week. We were, had Dale Inman on the show, and he he remembered it. And uh, I just—it was such a great race. And I bet if you if you counted the people in the pits and on the track, there must have been ten or ten or fifteen Hall of Famers in you know there that night. And it was just a yeah. a fantastic evening. Um, yeah, is that track still in existence? Well, it's uh, it's there. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, you can walk around it. I. I wrote a book about uh, old race tracks, and and that the Spartanburg Fairgrounds was actually my inspiration. Yeah. And uh, and I got a copy of the newsreel uh, that the local TV station made at the time. And when I wrote that book, I put a picture in there that I lifted from a uh, uh, 63 seconds of film, and it's a picture of you and Richard Petty washing off under a spigot uh, there in the pit area.
2: <laughs> well, but don't. No. We had all the commodities back then. That <laughs> yeah, wait. you know that, that that's one of the one of the
4: historical race tracks that got NASCAR started.
1: Absolutely, and we're so proud of it, and we're, and we're proud of our heritage here in Spartanburg. Of course, you know that, and uh, uh you drove for Bud Moore, Greg's father, of course, and um, oh yeah, uh, yeah. When how, how well you drove those comments, didn't you? Wasn't that about uh, six? It was 1967, if I'm not mistaken.
4: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I wasn't
1: driving for Bud.
4: Driving oh, them Bud. cars
2: wasn't worth a rip. No way. <laughs> <laughs> Those cars were terrible.
4: I enjoyed driving for Bud. Bud was a good was a good friend, I'm going to tell you. And, uh, he gave me a lot of help along the way. If I needed to uh, ask a question, uh, I didn't mind going to Bud more. And he'd always sit down and talk to me. And uh, he 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 helped me along
2: the way an awful lot. Well, yeah, I know one thing, Carol Yarbrough helped me out a whole lot. One time when I went to go pull a three ten gear down at Tile Day out of the, the gear holder, and Cale had me walking by and he saw me hit the floor because I'd had some back problem. And Cale uh, carried me down to the infield center and they got me fixed up. <laughs> oh, so Kel's helped me help me out of punch on several times too.
1: Kell, another thing I'd like to touch on, uh, especially coming up here with the month of May uh, starting, uh, I think Tuesday. We talk probably mostly stock car racing on this show, but I am a huge open wheel fan, and uh, especially Indianapolis. And you went up there four times. Mm-hmm. How was uh, how was that changed from uh, from a stock car to, to running Indy cars? You weren't the first one to do it. I know Bobby Johns had done it, and Marshall Teague, and a bunch of uh, Paul Goldsmith. But uh, how'd you feel about that? A country boy from South Carolina going to run with the Indy guys?
4: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I enjoyed it it was uh it was a different kind of racing and but really <clears throat> you just uh it, it, it was still racing you just used different different techniques and i I wish that i had had uh, had the opportunity to drive one of the real good cars up there because uh I, I i liked it but uh i didn't like it enough to to, to make a career out of it i was a stock car man and when my contract with Gene white ran out uh and Came back uh, to stock car were looking for a job. I was looking for a job, and Junior Johnson was looking for a driver. Well, you so, uh, so it just worked out just perfect for that both. Worked
2: bro- out great. Well, that a 19- worked out good for uh, for Tail, for Junior, and all the fans and the sponsor that worked out good for everybody, well, no, you, everybody. I didn't mean
1: no 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 i'm sorry i was just looking at his stats here in 71 you ran 10 of the 12 races so you you did give it a shot one year there and and actually had two top fives to show for it so uh uh-huh. you you weren't just riding around out there you never rode around in anything but you you, you were pretty successful yeah
4: yeah i was a 10th in any race um uh, uh, one year and uh like I say, I enjoy driving the cars. I just never had a real good opportunity. Roger Pensky offered me a ride one time, uh, when I told him I was going to leave, and he, he made me a deal to run, uh, uh, the, the, any cars part-time and, uh, a cup car part-time. But he had Nash's back. He was running the Nash's back. <laughs> yeah. Nash. <laughs> and and I, could, I, I just couldn't make my friends say yes. To uh, to run
2: in the mesh. Now, I, I believe uh, I believe a, a, a Junior Johnson uh, Chevrolet hot rod, yeah. mystery, mystery engine or not, or whatever, with tail Yarbrough behind the wheel was going to produce a whole lot more uh, wins and top fives and excitement than uh, uh, you, you running a nice for Penske. <laughs> I think about yeah. it. I think you definitely made the the right decision. <laughs> I,
4: uh, I, th- I think you're right. Yeah. Uh,
1: but y you, you're right. The, the last year you ran Indy uh, Indy cars, uh, you only ran to one race in '72, but you did finish tenth, and that was your best showing in a G, in, in the Gene White car, and, and started in the middle of the back row, so you had to just about pass them all.
4: That's right. Yep. 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 But. Uh... I just, you know, I, I I would have left to really done well in any the, the cause, but I just didn't have the equipment to do it with. Right, Kale, What do you do these days? Well, I've been I've been uh, nursing a bad leg for uh, a little over three years. I picked up a battery out of a big trucker and ruptured two vertebrae in my back oh. and had my back operated on. And since then, I've had no feeling from my knee down in my right leg. So oh, I've been no. I've been struggling for the last few years, but I'm going back to Charleston on uh, Tuesday and uh, and they they are giving me some hope that they might can help me.
1: Well, that's the that's the one you need to to push the pedal.
4: Well, that's what most of the doctors I go to, I've been to every doctor in the country and he said that all that came from, from the uh, held that right foot down too long all those years.
2: That's right. Well, you, but that, you, that's not true. You're trying to push it through the firewall. It's a <laughs> pretty <that>. thick firewall, <laughs> right? there ain't no doubt. There ain't no doubt about that. Yeah. But uh, Kevin, like I say, uh, well, I talked to Junior I told you I talked to Junior back a couple of years ago, and he had some kind of back surgery done in Charleston. I don't know if he's the same one, but he seemed to be satisfied with that. So, well, I'm, yeah. I can sort of sympathize with you. I had a
1: new knee in February, and I'm I'm, right. I'm still getting over that, but. Yeah. Um,
4: it takes a while to get over that. I had a new uh, a new shoulder put in a couple of years ago, and it takes a while to get over that. But it's uh, it's done good. And if I can get these nerves fixed in my leg, uh, I hope I'm going to be able to get get back on the bulldoze and the chainsaws and that kind of
1: stuff. Yeah, and uh, wrestling alligators and jumping out of airplanes. <laughs> and uh, I tell you what, uh, Kel Yarbrough has, has done it all, and, and we're up against it now, Kel. And I cannot thank you enough for coming on the show. I I have the impression you don't do a lot of interviews, and we just feel privileged to have you on our our show.
4: Well, I'm, well I, I enjoy it. No, I, I shy away from that, as much of that stuff as I can, but when Greg called me, you know,
2: how are you going to say no to him? Uh, I can't. <laughs> yeah, you, uh, you just made my day right there. I mean, I, I really do appreciate it, but no, uh, you can let the press run you around crazy. Oh yeah. For for a while and you don't mind doing some of it. Yeah. But uh, we, they're you they're have to draw they're the they're line they're on some of it. And Cale lets me slip through the cracks right there and yeah. but, but we can't I- we can't thank you enough. Great uh, uh Kale made everybody's day
1: this listening yeah. to this show. This is oh, this man. is fantastic. Well good. But, good I'm-
4: Glad oh. to
1: be with you, fellas. Well, Cale, we appreciate it so much. Maybe we'll have you on again. Uh, we'll try to make you an annual thing or something. Uh, if you can spare some 20 minutes once a year, that'd be great. Yeah,
4: let's do that. Let's, make, let's sign a contract for about 20 years.
1: I'll bring it to you in Charleston at the doctor's <laughs> office. Okay, buddy. Thank you so, so much. much, then, uh that was just uh, the greatest driver that I remember from back in the days and uh, he could push it no matter what the what the car was Kale Yarborough and um, we're going to be back in a few minutes at Fox Sports Spartanburg and we're going to talk to Nelson Crozier forever to be
0: and you can put spurs on this one the guarded and black play here and makes the catch. Catch the Gamecocks in action all season long. Last Deep derived. Right here on your home for South Carolina baseball. Spartanburg's home of the Gamecocks is Fox Sports 1400. Now on FM at 98.3. Here comes lunchtime. You know that unlike some barbecue places, Bubba's Barbecue and Bash has ribs for lunch every day. Bubba's also has great burgers, pulled pork, calabash chicken, all of your favorite sides, and some of the best sauce around. Top it off with Bubba's famous banana pudding or a slice of pecan pie for dessert and you'll make Bubba's your barbecue home. Bubba's Barbecue and Bash, 827 West
3: Blackstock Road, just a half mile from Westgate Mall. Have lunch at Bubba's today. Selecting a financial advisor to entrust your hard-earned assets is one of the most important decisions you will ever make. Jenny Montgomery Scott has more than 185 years of experience, tracing its roots to 1832. Jenny's boutique size allows it to remain agile, meeting the demands of turbulent market cycles while addressing the needs of its clients. Trent Lancaster in the Spartanburg office of Jenny Montgomery Scott sets the bar high, providing superior advice, expertise, and support through every stage of your life and finances. As a firm, Janny's regional size offers the advantages of scale allowing for close client relationships with personalized advice and planning. Call Trent today to discuss your estate planning needs at 864-585-8282 that's 585-8282 or visit trentlancaster.com. Janny Montgomery Scott, LLC, member FINRA, NYSE, and SIPC. Hey, sweetie, what's the biggest problem with pets? Too many strays. Wow, you didn't hesitate there. Well, it's true. And the best solution to Spartanburg's stray problem is Animal Allies on Asheville Highway. Animal Allies is super affordable and treats animals with kindness. We've used them for years. It's one of our county's best-kept secrets. Well, no more secrets. Animal Allies is too important to Spartanburg to not get the word out.
0: Bring your dogs and cats in early. Pick them up after four, spayed or neutered.
3: They even offer discounts if you're facing financial constraints. For more, visit animalalliesclinic.org.
0: Want to talk racing with the guys? Call the Sign Force hotline now at 864-468-1400. Start your engine returns in a moment on Fox Sports 1400 and 98.3 FM.
3: Asheville Highway in Inman.
2: If you're in the market for a job in manufacturing or distribution or you run a business and are in need of employees
0: in fields ranging from small-scale construction to large mechanical contracting to manufacturing,
2: packaging, and warehousing, then let CRS help. CRS has been a reliable bridge that runs in both directions for employers and job seekers. Get your next great search started today. Call CRS at 336-2405, stop by 337
3: Spartan Green Boulevard in Duncan, or online at crshighright.com. Thank you Where's the greatest return on your tax dollars? Elite Audio, where we offer the best in car audio, video, navigation, and custom design systems that are one of a kind. If you're like me, you spend a lot of time in your car, so make it safe with hands-free Bluetooth and keep the kids entertained with a mobile video system. The look of your ride is just as important as how it sounds. We also do wheels, tires, and accessories. Over 80 wheels on display at Elite Audio on Asheville Highway in Spartanburg. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram and check us out on the web at EliteAudioOnline.com. You dream it, we build it. This is Dan
0: Patrick and your lead. Listening to Spartanburg's Fox Sports 1400 now on FM at 98.3. Nelson Crozier is trackside and ready to go what's going on at this week's big race
1: let's go live to nelson now nelson how you doing this morning
5: oh doing pretty good beautiful day all over the east coast for a change
1: well are you actually track side
5: i'm in between right now
1: oh okay we catch you driving every week it seems like uh, but uh you uh you're a, you're a staple of the show and I tell you what you just missed a great interview with Kale Yarborough. You know, he doesn't do too many but we talked to Kale and I bet you got some Kale Yarborough memories.
5: Oh, most definitely,
1: He um I know we were looking up his record. And I, I we talked to him for 15 minutes and didn't barely scratch the surface of everything I wanted to talk about, you know, with Indy and everything, but uh Talladega, they're running close to 200 miles an hour. Or I mean, over 200 miles an hour down there. In fact, they're running close to 204. Uh, I mean, uh, well, two, yeah, 204. That was yesterday. Right.
5: Uh, you know, qualifying today, I'm not sure they're putting the smaller restrictor plate on for qualifying or just for the race tomorrow. But they're going from 56 64 down to 55 64
1: Now, uh, see, I didn't realize they had different restrictor plates. Well,
5: <clears throat> Uh, after uh, you know the wreck yesterday uh, with Jamie McMurray, they decided they need to slow down. The cars are very unstable right now, uh, and you know, two hundred four uh, is pretty darn fast. When you, <clears throat> when you get into a pack on it, rear bumpers are nearby dragging the ground with the uh, you know uh, the new aerodynamic package they've got. So you know, lots of different changes. Well,
1: Nelson, I wasn't aware that McMurray. I've got the speed chart here that I printed this morning, and it said McMurray ran two o three point nine seven five, but I didn't realize there was an accident.
5: Well, uh, he got loose going down the back stretch, and it took him out uh, Ty Dillon, Suarez, and Ryan Newman. So they're all going to backup cars, and that's and,
1: uh, three of have to That's three out of top six.
5: Yeah, and they'll have to qualify with
1: uh you know with no wraps on the backup cars. Well, I, I wasn't aware of that. I just had to speed chart here, so uh that's uh but we did have uh we had a little other news with um uh, gonna come back and share the ride in the number six car of uh Jack Roush and uh I don't think Trevor Bain's too happy about it, but what's your thoughts on uh Matt Kenseth coming back?
5: Well, uh, Matt uh, you know, definitely has the experience. Uh, if there's something wrong with the car, he'll be able to tell him. That's pr- the primary uh, you know thing that's going to come out of it. Uh, if the car's not right, Matt's going to be able to tell him, hey, you need to change this, you need to change that. And I think he'll be a great asset uh, you know, uh, to the Rouse team.
2: No doubt about it. That sounds a lot like um, um, Nicky Loudon and... and, and uh, what was guy's teammate? James? Uh, you mean James Hunt? No. Well, Nicky Lauda was uh, his teammate. Oh, his teammate. Uh, I'm uh, Gonzalez or whatever. Regazzoni. Yeah. And he made him. He said he he finally talked the car owner and putting his setup underneath the other guy's car, who was his teammate.
1: Yeah, Regazzoni.
2: Regazzoni, and he he ran just as fast as Lauda did the first lap out. So I can see that I can see the wisdom in that a little bit. Nelson, how how much can Kenseth bring over from
1: Gibbs? Do you think maybe he saw some things there going to an entirely different operation of a different manu- manufacturer that he could uh, come back to Roush and say, well, you know, nobody likes to hear, uh, well, this is the way we did it in New York, but, you know, well, <laughs> how can he, uh, you think anything can be carried over from running with a- successfully with another team for a few years? I don't think that's going to make as much difference as the seat of the pants field
5: that Kansas has. It's like, hey, you know, you've got the right, wrong bar in it, you've got the wrong shocks, uh, you've got the wrong springs in the car, uh, put the set up under the car and let's try it. Now, some of the teams get too far out in left field and you've got to go back to basics so you know where you are because there are so many different variables on the car, uh, there are probably literally one million uh, front end setups uh, that, you know, different configurations you can run. Probably a hundred of them work. Uh, some of them might work, you know, in a particular configuration with the body and whatever. But go back to basics so you know where you are. Uh, you've got to consider the car being a shoebox. Uh, and you take and you push on the bottom of the shoebox, uh, where the left rear tire would be. Push on the bottom, and it pushes the car sideways. What happens if you push on the top of the shoebox? It, t- it tries to tilt over. Uh, you know, get your basic setup underneath the car. That way you know where your baseline is, and you can build from there.
2: Now, so that, that sounds like a story that uh, has always been kind of legendary, that was part of the reason that uh, Richard Petty kind of there for several years lost lost the handle on on the on the chassis of his car. They had so many different setups, and they were they they were getting out there too far. And that's what I've been told. And once they went back and got him the car or something, then Richard went back to running. So you know uh, you, you can. You can sit there and, and, as the saying goes, jack yourself out of the ballpark. and not that what the word <laughs> you used to talk about?
5: By well, and, you know, uh, one team will talk to a, uh, you know, a, a member from another team and say, this is the shock that we're running, this is the spring we're running, whatever. Uh, and they'll go ahead and try it. Well, you can't change one component uh, and expect it, uh, a miracle to happen, uh, you know, the cars don't have much suspension right now, uh, regardless. You know, zero ride height. They're right down on the racetrack. matter of fact, the rear bumpers are dragging at day on some of the cars. But uh, the primary suspension you've got is the sidewall of the tires. They keep them collecting the tires. Uh, you know, 20 years ago, you had shocks. The cars rode up and down were, uh, five, six inches. uh and in doing so, the front-end geometry would change. Well, now they say, okay, this is the way the car's going to run. It's going to be down the track, and they set up the front suspension that way. Well, that's well and good until you hit a bump. Then what does the suspension do? So, you know, lots of different considerations. And to go real fast, everything's got to be perfect. But as the fuel load burns off, a lot of different shapes, the tires wear... Uh, this, quote, ideal setup goes away. So you have to have something that over the uh, run of the fuel stop is going to remain fairly consistent. Now you put the track bar adjustment uh, in the driver's hand. Uh, it's another bag of worms you op- you've opened up. Oh, I opened up a the bag The driver can of worms adjust blur. for it, but if he goes the wrong way, and this setup's no good, and he starts complaining about the whole car. It's his fault. He went the wrong way. Uh, same thing, you come in for a pit stop and say, I need more wedge. You put more wedge in the right rear, goes out, that's terrible. Well, probably need to take a little bit out rather than put more in, or they'll make a tire pressure change, uh, and that makes a big difference. That was one of the things with McMurray yesterday. Uh, they think that he might have had a tire rope, and that's what caused the rest of the tire to go down and, uh. Him to take seven barrel rolls down the back stretch.
1: Oh, I didn't realize he got upside down. He got upside down as well?
5: He got sideways and uh, Ryan Newman was coming and gave him a nudge over and he he tumbled and tumbled and tumbled and finally hit the inside retaining wall and uh, got out of the car. He was okay, but uh, it pretty much messed up the car.
1: I imagine so. I, I was not aware of that whatsoever. I, I, wasn't, either. Um, I wasn't either. Nelson, what happens if... Uh Kenseth wins a race. I mean, is, is he going to be? Uh, I guess he'll be in the in the chase or in the well, the, the playoff not
5: necessarily. No, uh, you know you have to. First thing, you have to be in the top thirty in order to be in the chase. Ah, so that pretty much kicks him out. Now, if uh, Trevor uh, had uh, a medical problem, they could have given Kenseth an, uh, an exemption, uh, provided he ran all the rest of the race. But that's not the case here.
1: Nelson, we've got a few minutes left, but and I don't want us to have to sign off here without your picks. Who do you like tomorrow?
5: Oh, that's a rough one this week. <laughs> uh,
1: well, considering there's been nine races and we've only picked two winners between us, they're all pretty tough. <laughs> well, uh,
5: if you look at it between, uh, you know, uh, at the 90% point, I think I would have had a lot of winners. But <laughs> when that, Uh, persons come out toward the end and they all start wrecking and uh, whatever it changes like uh, you know the results from last week did not indicate at all how the race was running
1: right and I picked Chase Elliott last week so I was close
5: (laughs) well you know you're gonna be uh, he's the fan favorite you know uh, at Talladega no question about it it's it's hard to say I think I've we'll probably go on the four car but I think Greg probably has a good uh very good chance with Paul the twenty one car. Uh, right he on was mind. starting 4th mm-hmm.
1: So you're gonna take well,
5: Harvick let me rephrase that. He was fourth uh Fastest. after he knocked the three out of uh you know, uh practice speed. Mm. But we'll see what happens in qualifying this afternoon.
1: So you're taking Harvick?
5: I think I'll take Harvick, uh but you know, uh it's definitely a crapshoot.
2: I will go with uh, Keselowski, Greg. Well, Nelson pretty much knows when I I saw Menard being fourth up there on the list and it being Wood Brothers' car, I'm going to stick with Menard and Woods this time because they they always run super-duper Daytona and Talladega. Cole? I'm going to go 41, Kurt Busch. Well, they're all good picks. Let's see if you pick the right Bush,
1: (laughs) (laughs) Nelson? We appreciate you coming on the show. You're the best. And uh, we will be talking to you next week from Dover.
5: Okay, that sounds good. Uh, typically, Dover is either cold and miserable or it's hot and steamy. I think it's going to be hot and steamy.
1: Next Unless I vote for hot and steamy. Yeah, I do too. You got
5: it.
1: Thank you, Nelson. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Nelson. That's Nelson Crozier, our expert insider that I would put up against any expert insider in the business. No doubt about it. Yep. He's the best. He is the best. And uh, that is kind of amazing that us four geniuses can't, we've we've picked two winners out of nine, nine chances. So uh, maybe that says something good about the racing. I don't know. But uh, there is, um, it's going to be interesting to see. I, I didn't ask him about the weather. I think it's supposed to be a pretty nice weekend. And Talladega, I tell you what. It's uh it's a good place it's a good place to watch a race. I mean it's a big track, but you can you can see uh you can see everything if you get you a good seat in the grandstand. You
2: can get a sun down there, too. You sure can.
1: <laughs> and um you know, I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna kid you. A big wreck I haven't seen the footage of that, so I imagine it's pretty spectacular, but that that's stuff like that puts people in the seats, especially if nobody got hurt. You don't want to see somebody get killed, but a spectacular crash is, is in, a, in nice weather that that might sell a ticket or two.
2: And I don't know, yeah. And you're exactly right, Perry. But uh, at the same time, I can't figure out how that slid by us. They must not have made too big of a deal on it. Know, so, how, it.
1: How do you make? How do you miss? How can you not make a big deal of flipping down the backstretch at 200 miles an hour? Maybe. Maybe we were asleep. Maybe. That's exactly what I was going to say. Maybe we didn't pay enough attention because I've got the speed chart right here from the last practice,
2: and I don't see anything on here about a crash. Oh, yeah. We got sheets and stats and everything else, but uh, I hate to have that crash. Yeah. Well, I tell you what.
1: um, We're going to. Be back next week and talk about Dover and uh, more indie Talk. And Greg has got Trish Eunix, Eunuch, Smokey Unix daughter, going to be on with us next week. So uh, appreciate everybody listening. This is Fox Sports Spartanburg. And keep it between the fences. <laughs>
0: of Bill Kornblut is Fox Sports 1400. WSPG Spartanburg. This is the oh, no, hold that. Now on FM at 98.3. Fox Sports trending now. The Western Conference Sem-